Oh boy. Oh boy. Folks, we got a good one today. We got a really good one today. And it's not because of anything we're going to do or say. And I think everybody should expect that by now. Evan, we got like a a legitimate person that knows things on the pod today. That's right. And uh, that would. That would be one Terrell Bernard. Terrell, thank you so much for joining, man. Why would you do this? What What is the impetus <laughs> to joining yet another podcast with just two white dudes who don't know anything about football <laughs> to talk to talk to us? No, man, I appreciate y'all having me. Uh, don't don't downplay what y'all do and what y'all know. <laughs> <laughs> well, you might be the first person to ever recommend that, so we'll, we'll take ask, it. We'll ask you again at the end, and we'll see if, we'll see if that opinion <laughs> changes. Uh, Terrell, I'd, I'd like to start here, right? <clears throat> As somebody who grew up in the Clear Lake area and then moved to the Pearland area, I think you and I have maybe one and only one thing in common, and that's that we hate Friendswood. Yeah, for sure. Okay? So last year, senior year of high school, uh, the playoff loss to Friendswood, right? You 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 translate that into a commitment to Houston, um, and then a, a decommitment from Houston to Baylor. So I think where we need to start is what was what was the reasoning behind that that choice to go to Baylor? How did Rule specifically sell you on what they were building at that time? Yeah. So you know, I took. Um you know, my official visit after, after my senior year of high school, um, you know, went up there and, you know, they, they had actually just got there, you know, did a, whatever they were doing. Um, so, you know, I got there and, you know, I sat down started talking to coach rule, uh, started talking to coach snow and Saravo and, you know, they were just genuine people. Um, I think that's really what got me, um, you know, going through a lot of college recruiting, you meet, uh, a lot of different types of people that are trying to persuade you for, you know, all types of different reasons to go to their school. Um, and, you know, when I, when I got to Baylor, I just felt like I was around genuine people. And, um, you know, I believed in a lot of the things that they, they believed in and, you know, a lot of things that they saw uh, that we could do at Baylor. And then, you know, having the opportunity to play in the Big 12, uh, something that I always wanted to do. And then, you know, staying in Texas, I mean, I'm only a little over three hours away from home. Um, so I think, you know, once I put all those things together, um, you know, Baylor just, you know, fit fit for me. Again, we do have to emphasize Houston, fantastic place to grow up. Best athletes come from Houston. I think we can all agree yeah, on that sure. right here. For sure. One, one more thing about high school real quick. Was doing some homework. Found an article about uh, a particular game in which I'll just read you the quote here from the, from the article. <clears throat> the stingy Laporte defense led by university of blank. We won't redacted commit the voice <laughs> Terrell Bernard and Zyrie George limited the Eagles to three first downs and 47 total yards in the first half. The voice. Have you been holding out? What, what is this? Was this a thing? Look, I, I had some regretful nicknames in high school too. I, I kind of like the voice. Can you, can you lend us some insight to what, to what that was? No. So, um, you know, high school games, you know, they're not super loud. Uh, like the crowds aren't always super loud. So, 
you know, I'm aware. You can hear me, yeah, you could hear me uh, screaming, you know, yelling out calls, things like that. So, you know, that was kind of kind of a little thing that that people started calling me in high school. It's kind of funny though. I, I forgot all about that. <laughs> As a graduate of Lutheran South Academy in in the Clear Lake area, I know how quiet football games can be. So yes, yeah, sure. that's hilarious. I love that. Mm-hmm. Um, Evan, you you Evan, you wanted to bring up something from that redshirt freshman <laughs> year. Yeah, <laughs> I'll let you uh, do that. Yeah, as as a preface, Terrell, I know you've probably done like a trillion interviews in the last few months. So I was I was working really hard to try to get questions that I was hopeful you hadn't answered in the last month. But uh, with th- with this one, I'm I'm really hopeful that you can share what you really think. If not, I won't hold it against you. I won't be angry. But um, I'll just read what I wrote because I don't think I'm going to be able to do a good job of talking <laughs> through it. Um, so here's exactly what I wrote. <laughs> be honest. What did players actually think about doing the Oklahoma drill before games? Was everyone on board for it? Were y'all kind of like? maybe back at the apartment after the game, like, man, what the hell was that about? And also call out the players that were too soft to, to enjoy doing it before games. No, man. So yeah, it was, it was something that, that rule had brought with him. Um, and it was like basically how we started off every practice, like literally doing that, you know, that was like one of the first things after stretch that we would do after practice. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the whole reason behind that was to try to make the game feel as as similar to practice as possible. Um, so I know it got a lot of a lot of pushback and it looked kind of crazy. <laughs> um, but I think I think that's what the intention was. But, yeah, there was definitely guys. I mean, we we're all I mean, there was a bunch of guys that were like, I mean, I don't know what we're doing right now. Um, <laughs> But, it's know, kind of like the Andrew Luck thanking players or, or really getting into the game after he gets hit the first time. <laughs> That's what I'm hoping that was like. Yeah, yeah for sure. So it yeah. was, was kind of crazy. Man. Yeah, that's really the only question I have for that year. I, I don't know how much you think about that year. don't have to talk about year. the rest of it. We I don't. don't I don't think or talk about it. Uh, I, I did have another question I wanted to walk through. I try not to do homework for this podcast. I did. I did a little bit for this one. And I was, you know, looking at the old high school, college stats, whatever. And uh, I saw on your, like, you know, career stats at Baylor, you had one touchdown. And I was hoping in as much detail as you want to or are interested in giving, if you could just walk us through the call there, what you saw, how it happened, what went down. Because that was – it was Oklahoma State. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. 2019, Oklahoma State. Mm-hmm. Um, we're at Oklahoma State. I think it's – I think it's the beginning of the fourth quarter um, going into halftime. We were down and we started making a comeback towards the second half. Uh, Chidi Obanaya, who's he's actually still at Baylor right now. Mm-hmm. Um, Chidi Obanaya gets a, a strip sack or forced fumble on the quarterback, which I think it was, it was Spencer Sanders still um, back then. So yeah, he gets, he gets the strip sack forced fumble and, you know, I'm kind of just right position, right time, uh, mm-hmm. picked it up and, you know, scored from, I think it was like 20, 25 yards uh, out, something like that. So, yeah, it was it was pretty cool. I, I have I, uh... also scored in a football game. Was it middle school? <laughs> yeah. Was I a fullback? Yeah. It doesn't matter. Okay. Um, <clears throat> I, I'm, I'm glad I got you on to ask you about that interception because I missed the whole second half of that game. I was in a wedding of the person who is the biggest Baylor fan I know. I've missed like seven games because what – I mean, you know everyone at Baylor gets married young. And um, I knew who was watching the I knew I knew who was watching the game on their phone because like half of the crowd like 
half jumped out of their seat during the ceremony, like <laughs> while it happened. <laughs> That's hilarious. Not not every road is paved evenly, right? Everybody runs into um, situations that humble us a little bit. The injury recovery process, right? Mm-hmm. I, I I realize it can't be a, the easiest thing you've ever gone through to to be an understatement. What did you learn from that process, right? Were you able to take a step back, evaluate? Were you able to improve on anything during that period of time? Run us through kind of what happened over that stretch. Yeah, definitely. So um, you're talking about in 2017 or 2020? Yeah, 2017. Yeah, so the 2017, you know, that was, I mean, we were already going through a tough year. Um, You know, I was a freshman just coming in trying to, you know, just trying to show up to everything, basically uh, find my way around, make sure I'm in the right place. Um, so, you know, I, I deal with, I deal with the foot, the foot injury and, you know, it ends my season and, you know, it's, it's, it was definitely tough. Um, you know, I think, I think looking back on it now, um, I have a different perspective and, you know, I'm, I'm grateful, honestly, because I wasn't, you know, I really wasn't ready to play at that point. And, um, you know, I think that gave me an opportunity to learn uh, football a little bit better. So while I wasn't playing, I was meeting with coaches extra, meeting with older guys extra, just learning the playbook uh, and learning football. You know, it's it's a huge step from high school jumping into Division One college football, and um, you know, I was I was definitely disappointed. But I think through that, um, I had some great mentors at the time that were telling me, you know, really dive into the playbook and dive into the mental aspect of the game. And then, you know, that'll pay off in the, in the long run. And, you know, that's really what I tried to focus on. So I think I tried to make a negative a positive and, you know, ended up ended up working out for me. I, I would I'd say so. Yeah, I'd say it's been it's, it's working out pretty good. Right. 2020 notwithstanding just because of the, the shoulder. But uh, yeah, I mean, I put together a trampoline and I was out for like three days <laughs> like for my kids. So I, I wasn't watching any extra film. I was just sitting down a lot. Um, um, senior year, right? 2021, Evan, you had something you wanted to touch on. Yeah. Um, I, I'm kind of jumping around here, but there, there's one question I'm particularly excited to ask. Um, I feel like, you know, all of the coaches that you've gotten to work with while you were here did, um, a lot of things well, but each of them especially had you no matter what ready to play, you know, when the game got here in the weekend, I never felt like there was a team I watched that was unprepared to play. Um, yeah. So ignoring that for a second, how early in the game against Ole Miss did you know that we were going to have them in hell for 60 minutes? <laughs> it had to be pretty quick, right? Like, I, I know y'all were probably focused, locked in. There had to be maybe two, three drives in where you were like, okay, these these boys are food. Respectfully. Yes. Yeah, so, Respectfully. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, during, you know, obviously for the bowl game, you got a lot more time to prepare, uh, watch a lot more tape and, you know, kind of figure out things a little bit better about, you know, the team you're going to play. Um, and we thought going into the game, we'd have a huge advantage in our front seven with their offensive line. Um, so I'll you know, say. Yeah. This so. man said before the game <laughs> even started, we barely booted up the laptop and we knew. i love it we had a we had a good idea that you know our front seven with you know the guys up front that we had on our d-line um we thought we had the advantage there and then you know with coach roberts and you know coach aranda 
scheming up different types of things and, you know, getting pressure on, on the quarterback, you know, that was one of our huge emphasis for the, for that game. Mm -hmm. Um, So like you said, you know, early on, I felt like, you know, I think, like you said, like the first two drives, maybe I was like, okay, we're clicking, like everything's working right for us right now. And we knew once we started getting, you know, stopping the run game a little bit and then starting to get a little bit more pressure on the queue, you know, we were going to be all right. Mm Mm-hmm. It, it, it's it's such a different world like Terrell you were like get pressure on the Q and I'm like the Q oh the QB that's right mm-hmm. <laughs> the QB yeah. so you mentioned you mentioned Aranda right and it took us it took us 12 and a half minutes to get into this but obviously a very um, you, you know internal focused dude not focused on himself but just a very stoic individual you know, doesn't show a lot of emotion at all times, right? Give us something. Give us some <laughs> piece of it. He can't make you run anymore. There's no early. There's no early morning workouts for him anymore. Give us something, yes. a, a, a glimpse into his personality. Yeah. So um, you know, like he, he's he's the same person every single day, but there's something about his sense of humor that is just different than everybody else's. He is a very, um, how would I say, like a, a very sarcastic, like that type. Um, Just guy. very dry. And yes. And if you if you haven't been around him long enough, then you won't pick up on it. But, you know, towards the end of my time there, I started seeing, you know, he would he would say something and then he would laugh as he walked away. So he wouldn't, <laughs> he wouldn't let people know that he was making a joke. You know what I mean? But it was yeah. like, to his, like in his mind, he was making a joke, but he didn't want anybody to know it. So See, it, was, it was hilarious to like pick that up. Understated subtle humor is yeah. it, it absolutely shows you who's a genius. Mm-hmm. That's that's what I've always said personally. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. I have a I have a question, not necessarily about football, but I mean, you were on campus for like a long time, so you probably played a lot of basketball with a lot of different players. Um, so I kind of have a two part question for you: Who was the best basketball player on the football team you ever hooped with? And then who thought that they were the best player, but maybe weren't. It was an offensive lineman, I guarantee you. Maybe weren't as good as they thought they were. (laughs) It was an offensive lineman, I guarantee you. Yeah, so, man, so the best best player, probably probably Petrie. Petrie can hoop. He gets everything. Of course he can. Of course he can. (laughs) Unbelievable. I'm trying to think. And who talked the biggest game? I would probably say he probably Khalil. He can hoop, but if you talk to him, you would think he was like a McDonald's All American, like first round, like NBA draft pick. So probably Khalil. Yeah, incredible. I love it. I love it. Moving Um, kind of into uh, like a a general Baylor like section, right? Uh, We as fans, we hear and see a lot of the social media stuff about champions for life and and that motto. Give us a little bit more insight as to what that means internally to the program. When does that get brought up? When does that show itself? And what does it mean to you guys? Yeah, that's, that's brought up super early. You know, that's really a full athletic department, um, you know, saying for all of us and really, you know, what I understood that to mean is basically you're going to be given the tools and, um, you know, everything that you need to be successful outside of your sport, not just, 
you know, within your sport whenever you're done here. Um, so obviously, you know, while we're at Baylor, you want to win championships, you want to win games, you want to do things like that. But, you know, moving past that, you want to be, you know, a successful person, a successful father, husband, you know, spouse, anything. Um, so I think, you know, learning the, the things that, that they're going to teach us there and applying it in real life situations, that's what, you know, Baylor is. And specifically the athletic department, that's what they mean when they say they're preparing champions for life champions for life and on the field n- not a bad combination <laughs> not a bad combo not a, not at all. i i only um, have one one final baylor question evan if you want to if you want to get into that it, your last one i've got too. like i've got i've got like 10 more i'll, I'll narrow it down to just the one <laughs> please, uh, please you know what i'll i'll do two because i can't okay go for it um the one so we did we did send it out a little bit earlier that we'll be talking with you later today and uh, i feel like this question has probably come up a hundred times in the last few months but i haven't mm. heard you I haven't heard you talk about it. Um, can you maybe just like share how you felt in that last drive against Oklahoma State in the Big 12 championship game? I know a lot of people are probably like, like they, they may frame their questions as like, wasn't that so crazy? Like, wasn't that so wild? <laughs> I, and it was, uh, but I, I think it'd be really interesting maybe to hear you dissect like the drive as a whole, because, you know, they, before you stopped them four times in a row, they, there was kind of like a march down the field and uh, because I'm the worst type of fan, I was like drunk in the stands and I had had too much, too many beers. And I was like, oh, here we go yeah. again, man. I mean, because I grew up in Waco, been a Baylor for my whole life. Us winning everything is something I'm still getting used to. So I just had a lot of, you know, negative memories that were popping for me. So maybe if I could just have the story of that drive, if, if you'd be willing to share it. Yeah, definitely. So, you know, going in to that drive, you know, the defense, we were really confident. Um and, you know, we knew basically if we get a stop here, you know, the game's over. Um, so going in, um, you know, they started, they started, you know, completing, I think they completed a few, a few passes early on. Um, they started hitting some runs for six, seven yards, uh, kind of just marching the ball down the field. And, you know, the thing that I remember is just being absolutely exhausted uh, towards the end of the game. And, you know, they're going tempo. So they're going on the ball super fast. Um you know, they're spread offense type. So they're running, they're running stretch, running inside zone, you know, throwing RPOs, making the defense run sideline to sideline. Um, so I was just super exhausted. I think we got them, we got them to third down like two or three times uh, throughout yep. the drive. And, you know, they were converting. Uh, I think they, they hit, uh, like we tipped a ball, they caught it on third down in like 10. Mm-hmm. So just like crazy stuff was happening. Um and, you know, we were using our timeouts, you know, towards the end to try – literally just to try to give guys on defense a break because, mm-hmm. you know, I don't know if y'all can tell, but guys were just exhausted. Um, so, you know, during the Man, I was tired over. pacing my living room, <laughs> all right? So I can't even imagine. Yeah, so during the timeouts, you know, we're coming over and we're talking just, you know, settle in, calm down. You know, this is what we do. Um, take a breather, catch your breath, go out there and, you know, make the stop. So they keep marching down the field, you know, five yards, six yards at a time. Um, I think we get them to third down. We get them to third down again, and I think that's when we get the PI in the end zone. Mm-hmm. Um, and so now it's like, okay, we're about to get back into, you know, low red goal line. Um, and, you know, we had been there earlier in the game, so we knew we were solid up front. Like I said, we knew our front seven uh, against their, you know, their offensive line, tight ends, that type of thing. We were going to take that matchup. 
Um, so, you know, we get down in there and, you know, first down, I think they run the ball. We get a, we get a stop. They don't gain anything. Second down, they run it again. Um, third down, I think they do the little, they try the pop pass or the little mm-hmm. pass to the tight end and Petrie breaks it up. And then, um, you know, we get into the fourth down and it's just crazy. Everything's hectic. Like so much is going on. We're trying to communicate as a defense, what call we're in. Uh, so I don't know if y'all remember, but we're actually like walking off the field, like calling time yeah. out. Like, <laughs> yep. Everything's kind of going crazy at this point. You know, you can't hear anything. Like the crowd is super loud and, you know, we're kind of just going back and forth between what we're going to be in. So we don't even like really have like a set call that we're in right now when they're about to snap the ball. So the officials uh, blow the whistle, we get back lined up and, you know, we're still kind of, you know, grasping for a call, you know, going back and forth. So we finally get the call um, and, you know, we're, we're all playing. I think it's me, Dylan, Petrie and McVeigh are all on the second level and they run the, the little, their run play or whatever. He bounces it out. What a what a weird decision. I, I, we don't have to get into that, but okay. Yeah. So they they run the play. Um, I forget who's on wh- whoever's the defensive end to the field side crashes the B gap. I think it's Matt Jones or mm-hmm. um, or Cole Maxwell. It's one of them. They crash the B gap, make the ball spill outside, and then you know I'm running. And I don't see anybody initially. So I'm like, damn, man, like he's going to get in. Like, I don't see it. And then out of nowhere, I see McVeigh, you know, kind of emerge and start chasing him. And, you know, I, I wouldn't have anybody else chasing him. You know, McVeigh's probably, you know, one of the – yeah, exactly. Here it is. So that's Matt <laughs> Jones right there. Uh, so McVeigh's, you know, one of the guys that, you know, does everything right, has been, you know, at Baylor for six years and – Mm-hmm. You know, you wouldn't want anybody else to make that play. So you just see him chasing him down, and I just freak out when I see uh, when I see he's able to able to stop him at like the one mm-hmm. inch line. Yeah, Matt, we are you love to trouble? buffer. Are you we love trouble, to buffer, uh... don't we, folks? <laughs> we love to buffer. Thank you, Stadium. Watch Stadium dot com. Love to see it. Thank you, uh, um, man. Thanks for walking through that, man. That was that was the most fun the, the best 10 minute stretch i've ever had as a baylor fan was the second half of that drive and talking myself through what i just saw five minutes Bro, after it what happened. are you talking about i was a wreck i was sweating <laughs> just in my living room but it i was ended, on, it I ended was, great <clears throat> i was in the opposite end zone like dead center so i got a i got an interesting view of the whole thing um no. man okay all right it's, it's time to move on we're we're looking back too much <laughs> it's time to look into the future terrell when did you know right i imagine this happens in phases right in high school at some point you realize dang i might be good enough to go play in college and then in college yeah. at some point you realize man i might be good enough to go to the league at what point in your college career did you realize i might have what it takes yeah, I think, I think in the off season uh, leading up to the twenty twenty season, you know, twenty nineteen, I I had played a little bit more. I started some games at Mike, um, and you know, I, I was I was understanding the game a lot better. 
And, you know, I wanted to, I knew, I knew I needed to take that next step if I wanted to have a, you know, a realistic shot at trying to play in the NFL. And I think going into that off season was, you know, probably one of the best things for me. I changed my diet. I changed, you know, just how I approach things and how I was doing things. And, um, you know, I kind of flipped that switch and, you know, made it, made it to where, you know, I, I thought I was going to put myself in the best position to, to be, you know, the best version of myself going into that, that 2020 season. I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to take it in a, a slightly different direction, right? You, you have the NFL draft generates more online content than just about any other off season event in sports, yeah. right? So you have, you have analysts that will go through and get a profile of 200 300 different players and and give pros and cons strengths and weaknesses and personally it's very weird for me to read any negative feedback about myself i don't like it i'm kind of a narcissist i don't like it right how, how in tune are you with some of the uh weaknesses that might show up in a draft profile like that, do you read the draft profiles? And when you do, what is the reaction there when you see um, he, he might be, you know, too small, right? Because I think that's what some people are saying, right? Right after they say can cover the entire field, which is exactly what the modern NFL is blows my mind. But <laughs> what, what do you think internally when you see some of that quote unquote negative feedback? Yeah, I mean, I think it's a part of it, um, you know, going into into this process. Like, I know, I know, you know, everybody's kind of looking for, you know, reasons why not to pick you. And, you know, I think, I think, I mean, realistically, everybody's going to have some type of negative. Everybody's going to have something that, you know, that's not ideal for, for the game. And, you know, I try to stay away, stay out of, you know, all the, all the negative, even the positive stuff, because, you know, yep. most of it, most of it isn't, isn't real anyways. Um, so I think, I think listening to people who I, who I trust and, you know, who I know have my best interests at heart, um, whether it be, you know, my family, my agent, you know, scouts that I've talked to, things like that and getting honest and, you know, realistic feedback of what I need to work on and, you know, what I can change. I think that's the best way to go about it because, you know, you can get caught up in mock drafts and analysts giving their pros and cons about you. And, you know, a lot of these people don't even watch your tape or don't even know really much about you. So I think staying out of that, um, either way, you don't want too much good. You don't want to listen to too much bad. So I think I think staying out of it is, is the best way to go. Smart. Log off. That that's not Log for off. you, Terrell. That's for everybody. That's for myself. That's for everybody. Log off. Mm-hmm. Um, speaking of the draft process so far, are you allowed to tell me which NFL team has provided the best snack experience at their facility yet? Is that something you're like permitted to share? Or do you like not want to like tip your hand too much one team or another? You don't have to. I'm just curious. Like, I feel like if I went to maybe a team and they had like zebra cakes at their at their state like their facility that might that might be a plus in my book maybe for some people maybe matt that's a negative for you but nutty bars if there's nutty bars, nutty bars. <laughs> no man i think you know i think the the texans probably probably had some of the better the better food that that i've seen you know, they had i think it was like eight chefs on staff um the cafeteria was nice and then 
yeah, it was just great food. It's literally like eating at a restaurant. So it was pretty, pretty cool. They might have looped me back this. in. Matt's oh, ears perked up as high as possible <laughs> as soon as you said the Texans. <laughs> they did something. Uh, yeah, good. that's awesome. I just I feel like there's just a lot of uh there's a lot of things about the process you're going through that um are really interesting and maybe get passed over when people are kind of picking your brain about it because i feel like you get a lot of questions that we'll probably go over you know in the next few minutes but i feel like things like snack experience and stuff like that and just like general energy in the facility is maybe something that you don't get a chance to share too much just to the to the random person you know who is running up on you with a mic yeah for sure i i personally need to know what the weirdest most unexpected parts of the combine either preparation or day of or anything else related to that my dog is very excited about the combine too apparently are the are the shorts as uncomfortable as they look like the the unitard (laughs) thing what tell me about the the combine experience yeah man so the combine is is definitely different um it's a it's a very unique experience and you don't really like i've had you know former teammates friends that have gone through it and try to explain it but you know you don't really understand it until you go um so i mean it's filled with interviews uh, medical you know all types of different things so I would say the biggest thing that, you know, people probably don't understand is the medical aspect of the combine. Um, So you get there and, you know, you meet with all the teams, they take you and show you all the nice things or whatever, have your meetings, you meet the whole staff. um, And then, you know, for the next couple of days while you're up there, it's strictly medicals. Um, So you're in a, in a room full of team doctors who are grabbing on you and pulling you and, you know, doing all your physicals and, all at the done. same time yeah. you are doctors just... no okay that is legitimately surprising i would not have guessed that all of the doctors are doing their exam at the same time yeah it's, it's really weird so you get you have one one team doctor i think I, I had the cowboys team doctor um do my initial physical and then you go into basically this this like auditorium room and there's I think like 13 or 14 other team doctors or personnel. Um, and you go in there and they list off all of your injuries that you've had, any surgeries you've had since you That's were like rude. seven years old, <laughs> literally since you were like seven years old. And then Dang. they will all do their own physical and ask you all types of questions and do range of motion tests and things like that. And no. each, each room that you, that you visit is like a 15 minute, basically like a 15 minute uh segment so you do that six times in one day uh so you're just hopping from room to room with different doctors and team personnel and things like that just you know assessing you and then it sounds exhausting yeah at the conclusion this is this is all before you test so this is all before Mm -hmm. you know what anybody sees on tv um so at the conclusion of those those meetings and basically those physicals all the doctors will get together for each person and each player and write, um, you know, a series of tests that they want to get done at the hospital. So after that, they ship you to the hospital and you have however many x-rays and MRIs and things like that, that they want to see. So we literally had guys that were, you know, at the hospital for 10 hours a day. Um, so Jeez. you're in there just waiting, doing, doing x-rays, MRIs and, all types of crazy things and 
this uh, this yeah. how this is how I know I'm not built for it because at that point I'm going pro <laughs> in something other than sports. I no, I'm good. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. That's yeah, so. remarkably awkward. I cannot yes. imagine. <laughs> your day, yeah, your days literally are like from you know you're waking up at five 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 thirty every morning, and you're doing the medicals or meetings or. Um, like all the other types of media stuff that they have you do until literally like 11, 1130 at night. Um, and then you do that for three days. And then the next day the, on the fourth day is when you do all of your like on field drills and testing and things like yeah, that. Right. Yeah. Uh, Matt, I have one more question. If you, if you'll let me have Go it. for it. Um, Joel, you don't strike me as someone who like really gets starstruck generally. Like I feel like if you walk into a room of NFL players, you're probably going to act the same way as you do walking into class or something. Going through this process, the draft, the combine, all that good stuff, has there ever been like one moment or one person you talk to where you're like, man, I really am out here doing this right now? Has there been like a, like a moment for you where you're like, maybe like took a step back and was like, dang, I'm really getting tugged by 32 doctors for the NFL right now or something? <laughs> Your words, not mine. <laughs> Matt, Matt, don't make that face of me. <laughs> uh, that's funny. Um, but yeah, I think, I think it was at the combine, you know, I was, uh, I forget what I was doing. I was walking between, you know, our hotel and our training facility that they had moved out there in one of the other hotels. And, you know, I saw Jerry Jones and I was like, wow, like it was just crazy. Like I was literally just walking past Jerry Jones and, Mm -hmm. you know, something like you see him on TV, like you see all the, all the stuff about him and you literally just walk right by him. And it's like, that's kind of crazy. Um, but yeah, besides that, you know, you kind of start getting used to it whenever, you know, you see all these people at senior bowl combine, Mm -hmm. uh, pro day. So you start getting a little, a little used to it. Um, the later you get into the process, but definitely towards the beginning, it's kind of, kind of nerve wracking. Yeah, I'm sure. Shoot, man. Well, thanks for coming to hang out with us. That's all I have, Matt. I don't know if you have anything else. That's all I got. Thank you. I, I cannot imagine being in a room with 32 doctors that just that's what's going to stick with me this entire time terrell bernard upcoming nfl draft um i cannot wait to see where you go and texans this is for you only everybody else don't listen texans don't don't mess this up texans come on now this is between two bears terrell thank you so much That fucking rule. It was so nice. Oh.